0: Game (laughs)
1: Breaker
2: (laughs) TV. Hello everybody, welcome back to this GameBreaker.tv. I'm Gary Gannon and this is Guildcast, the first! First guildcast of 2012. Happy New Year, everybody! Woo! Woohoo! All oh, is still quiet on the ArenaNet front, but I'm sure they're preparing something amazing. I just know it. They're just, they're just, just, just working on it. Just, just for the show. Just for us to have something to talk about. In the meantime, by back by popular demand, and because there's no news. Nothing to do with it because there's no news. <laughs> Nothing to do with it because there's no news. Backed by popular demand. That's right. Your viewer questions. All right. First from massively.com community manager in charge of Rebear. How are you, Ruby?
1: Good. How are you?
2: I'm fantastic. Good to be back here again. Yay. And joining us, of course, massively.com's editor in chief and pro beard. I don't know. Pro beard. That's it. Just pro beard. <laughs> He's I'm pro very beard. pro beard. He is pro beard. Missed my pro beard last week. Saved it for you, and you didn't come on the show. Too bad. Man. I'll have to do that again one of these days. Who knows? All right, so let's do some viewer questions again. You guys have tons and tons and tons of questions. Now we got show on the show, so we got a whole, whole new thing. All right, so first up, Trey Price says he's wondering. says, uh, wondering, Guild Wars 2 seems to paint the picture of having per- a persistent non-instance world... With changing environments and quests, do you think this will throw the current theme park MMO base off guard, Sean? Go.
0: Well, uh, first of all, they will have instances. Right. I mean, that's that's one of the big things because it makes it. Say, I'm, I mean, I'm not. Uh, you know, correct me if I'm wrong here, but it makes it sound like he's saying that they're only going to have a persistent world.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I mean, he does make it. A yeah, better I mean, worded like that with, with the word non-instance
0: yeah I mean they are going to have an uh, instanced for each person's storyline actually, if you play sotor you you know you get kind of a good feeling of what that's like. Uh, you have your own storyline instanced you know whenever you're in a group uh that group goes with the the team leader's storyline again, uh kind of like sotor so um wait, this is Guildcast, right <laughs> It well, is Guildcast you've been playing'
1: <laughs> been playing a
2: little bit of Star Wars there.
0: Yeah, uh, so I, I don't think it's going to be, uh, you know, completely persistent. Uh, although it's going to be a lot more persi- persistent than Guild Wars One, that's for sure. So yeah. I don't think it's really going to break anything.
2: I think yeah. So what about what about? I mean, do do you really view Guild Wars Two as a complete non-theme park MMO? Because I sort of don't.
1: I think it's going to be less theme parky. I don't think there's going to be as much handholding. I honestly, I think maybe Trey's concern here is not having a dedicated quest line that says, "Here's what you do now. Okay, this takes you to the next part, and here's what you do next." And I kind of share his wondering if some people won't be standing around in towns going, "I don't where know do where I to go. Do next. What do I do? I don't know where's the where's the next primary quest? Where's the next mission?" So that I mean that may be a thing until people figure out. We can really go wherever we want and do whatever we want.
2: You're not gonna get uh, You mean you're not gonna get uh, banned for, for going to some planet? No, that's not gonna happen. Oh, out. <laughs> uh,
0: again with the Sotor.
2: Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I, I mean it is an interesting way. I guess I, I think I'm sure that they've looked at this, and I haven't really seen too much as far as how your quest log is sort of set up in Guild Wars 2. But I would almost imagine that there's gonna be some way in, in your in your quest log. To kind of guide you and sort of point you in the right direction to say, hey, this is your class quest; you should go off in this direction for that. These are your side quests, you know, and kind of at least give you some direction. I mean, it is a little bit more open, but I also saying, you know, talking about throwing off the current theme park MMO base, it's not like it's a sandbox. I mean, this isn't, this isn't EVE Online at all. So I don't think it's going to be so off the mark that, like, current MMO players coming from, say, WoW or Tor or something are going to be completely lost. I think it's going to be... I mean, from what I've seen, it's probably going to be pretty intuitive to, to an MMO vet.
1: I think so.
0: Yeah, I would agree. I mean, it's not going to be uh, something like Worm Online where, you you know, you have to make the wood to make the handle to make the axe to cut down more wood. It's not going to be something as insane as that. Um, and it, from what we've seen so far, even in demos, you know, you, you, look at the creatures in the game and they're highlighted in red, you know, that it's, it seems like they're not afraid to kind of show you the way, uh, and, and that goes hand in hand with quests as well. So I don't think it's going to be as straight as linear as even, you know, Guild Wars 1 is, right. um, you know, where you can't jump off three foot cliffs, but, uh, <laughs> it's going to be, um... It's going to be a little bit more open. It's kind of like a you know a compromise between a, what we're used to in a lot more open world, not quite a sandbox, but a more open world, and the linearness of Guild Wars One.
2: That actually was something that kind of bugged me a little bit about. And again, I didn't play as much Guild Wars One as you guys did, but but one of the things that did kind of bug me a little bit was how I felt I was always on a path, you know, and I couldn't I couldn't jump mm-hmm. off, and, and it was weird for me that it was being you know it wasn't mmo just to, to, to you know it was it was a hybrid mmo like it, it was doing things different but it was kind of weird for me that i was like on these you know on, on these cliffs or something and i just couldn't jump off of that because i'm so used to that um mm-hmm. i don't know. let's do the next question all right dexter miguel wants to know says uh will we be able to dye our armor black very important it is important. Obviously, obviously wants to be darth vader
1: <laughs> I need Darth oh. Vader running on Ontario. That's what I want to see.
2: Don't you?
1: How awesome would that be? Um, actually, this is a cool question because the answer is more than just yes. And yes, you can. You absolutely can. Um, but last year they posted this big thing and actually how Massively we talked to Kristen Perry about the dye system. The dye system, if you're familiar with Guild Wars 1, you get like die drops and you get a little bottle and one bottle will do one piece of armor. And it's kind of a storage nightmare. Uh, Guild Wars 2, they're going to have over 400 different dye colors, but the way it works, it's not physical bottles of dye, and I know that's pretty common in a lot of games, um, but you actually unlock color families and color sets in Guild Wars 2, and you don't have a physical, you don't have any physical items to dye your armor with. You just open your armor panel and you have this choice from your palette of what you can do.
2: That's interesting. Have we yeah, seen that it's before?
1: that's very cool. I don't know. Have... Has there been something like this? Nothing.
0: Uh, I don't know. I think um, I think there are some free-to-play games that are similar to that with the unlocks, but nothing as you know in depth as this.
2: Sounds a lot more, as, you know, like you said, it gets rid of the inventory nightmare. That's first of all, yeah. so that's really oh, yeah. good. And it sounds like it could probably give you a lot more flexibility over the, the course of the game with with unlocks and stuff like that.
1: I think it really does. I'm actually, I'm kind of personally very excited about the dye system because that's just something that I like. And I actually saw in chat, somebody was like, 400? Yeah. And seriously, she did say there are over 400 colors. Um, And what's very cool, the way the color applies changes according to the fabric um, or what your armor is made of. If you have metal armor and you just put like a straight red, it's going to look different than if you have leather armor or cloth armor.
2: Wow. It's Um, that granular, huh? That's pretty amazing. Yeah,
1: she's really, really, she just put so much in there.
2: Now how about how about secondary colors things like that is there any, is there any more info on exactly how that's all working
1: I can't remember I know that each piece of armor has more than one dye channel yeah so you could do like your shirt you could do i do shirts I can't remember have like three dye channels
0: I don't remember the specific numbers, but she did mention that different pieces have uh, different you know like you said you know a different number of channels on yeah. each one
1: do you know so it, you could it, it, have like a blue shirt with black sleeves or i don't know I'm just pulling that out of my ear but is
2: it seem is there any sort of restrictions at all to kind of keep the the balance of of, of dye? Uh, I guess what what people I guess what I'm trying to get at is you know we obviously if you leave the system completely open we're going to have people running around looking completely ridiculous with like you know a purple arm and a pink arm and like some sparkly pants and like things like is there any kind of system in place that actually kind of pushes you away from that? So is there any sort of like color matching system or is it just free for all? If you want to look like a complete idiot go for it
1: i think if you want to look like the wiggles threw up on you you are more than welcome to nice i don't think there's i mean i don't think there's like wouldn't that be great to have the fashion police running around
2: (gasps) oh guild name
1: i would love that Guild name. (laughs) (laughs) but it seems it almost seems like
2: well it seems like uh, i wondered because uh, it seems like you know this might be the type of game that they, they, they might slightly restrict that to keep the everything kind of looking cohesive in the world for other players who are you know just don't want to see that kind of ridiculousness. Want kind of the world to just feel kind of like a whole entire world in a living, breathing kind of real place.
1: Well, actually, it's funny you say that because they have put restrictions in place like that with character creation. I mean, you can't make circus freaks. They have their limitations to what kind of character, what you can do, and how far off the regular beaten path you can stray with character creation. Um, they want to. You're kind of restricted to the look of the world, but apparently, with your clothing, you can just look as ridiculous and colorful as you want. And I think if you play Guild Wars 1, everybody has seen, like, a rainbow-armored warrior. Yeah. So, it's a thing. It's. Gonna Sean just wants a, a
2: beard thing. and a Slayer shirt, and he'll be happy. Seriously, you that's all I want.
1: Beards. Have you seen the beards in Guild Wars 2?
2: <gasps> no. Yes. Hey, I should do a feature
0: on beards, beards and MMOs.
2: Yeah, there you go. There's an article right there coming there this week. <laughs> Watch massively.
1: Daily Grind. There Dead. you go.
2: All right. <laughs> Uh, Ante Reyes has some questions about the Guardian's role in the game. This is really interesting, I thought. Um, He says, uh, ArenaNet said that they're trying to break the Trinity, but at the same time, they make the Guardian class, in which they clearly state on their site, and he quotes, saying, he or she, I think it's a he, uh, I'll guard you. Let them come through me first. I don't know if that's just me, that's the end quote. He says, I don't know if that's just me, but clearly Guardian class seems to be the tanking class. I think that was interesting because that is really true. I mean, they've really been kind of touting the non-Trinity system. And he is saying, I'm going to guard you. Let them come through me first. And that means like you're in the front line. I'm standing in front of you. I'm the tank. They got to get through me to some extent, doesn't it?
1: Well, I think maybe they're reading too much into that. People want so badly to wedge these characters into the Holy Trinity. Um, And I have said this so many times that I'm like a broken record. But I think once you get in there and get your hands on the characters, you're going to realize that it doesn't really work like that. And actually, we have so many of the guardian skills that we already know. Um, It's almost, it's not so much a tanky role. I mean, if you have to wedge it into something, it's maybe a little more protective. Um, one of the skills that I was looking at, and I forget the name now, but it lays a circle down on the ground that simultaneously heals your allies and sets your enemies on fire. And that's a skill just by... How do you define that?
2: <laughs> how do you define well, that? You
1: can't, but just by its functionality, that says that your allies are going to be up on the front line with the enemies, which kind of is, goes in the opposite direction as a tanking, as a tanking functionality.
0: Yeah. I see the Guardian as more of a, a party buffer and also a little bit crowd, uh, crowd control, but I don't really see it that... I mean, I guess when you look at the heavy armor and you look at the shielding effects and everything, it's it's kind of uh, natural to assign a tank uh, label to it. And this is, you know, like Ruby mentioned and we've said before that it's going to be pretty inevitable for people to, um, you know, to to assign those roles even when they say that they're not there. But personally, I just think the Guardian is not... As simple as just being, you know, that one role. Because there's so many other things you can do with it.
2: What are some of those things? What are what are what are are some of those things that how how does it how does it totally differ
0: from? Well, like Ruby said, you know, you lay down the uh, symbols, and they can buff the party and and simultaneously, you know, debuff or harm the enemies. Um, And each class is also going to have their own. Uh, healing abilities you know because they took out the dedicated healer, plus the weapons themselves will all have different skills depending on what what weapon you have and what class you play mm-hmm. so it 's going to be um, it 's just going to be a bigger variety than just holding aggro you know, I think we're the, and
2: one of the biggest questions I have, and I think we brought this up before is is, is how 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 is armor going to work you know like what that that's really gonna be, cause that 's really going to be because that that 's a big defining role in in sort of how people will even if there is no trinity how how humans will naturally sort of break up the roles in, in a group, right I mean, are guardians going to have heavy armor that can take massive amounts of damage when other others can't, or are they all going to be equal like
1: I don't think we have numbers on armor level yet, do we
2: no, I don't
0: think we do I don't think that's something that um, that they're concentrating on i'm not sure
2: do you, do you think i mean could it could it? Dare I say, could it possibly be like fairly cosmetic?
0: I don't know. That's a good. Uh, that's a good question, Ruby. Do you know? You're muted. Muted. Oh.
1: I keep. I keep leaning on that button. Sorry. Um. They've made a big deal out of the heavy armor, light armor, medium armor. I mean, they've they've really put that those delineations up there. So, I think there's something there. We just don't know what it is yet.
2: Love to hear that. Because that, 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 that actually, that, that little bit of information would actually say a whole lot about this whole system, right? Like, do all the classes have, even if they do have armor ratings, and actual, like, you know, uh, they do actually absorb, uh, you know, are they just the same across the entire board? Just, like, you know, dependent sort of, like, where you're at on level. Like, and, and no one's armor is any better than others. So if you're a thief, it's the same as if you're a guardian.
1: I can't imagine it would be just because they've made a point of making that distinction.
2: It doesn't make sense, but then I don't understand. Like, I, I, want, I still, and when it ties into the Holy Trinity, that's where I get all confused. and I get like, ah, how's it going to work? It doesn't make sense to me. Like, If, if he's got heavy armor, he's going to be the tank, right? Like, that's, that's, I don't
0: know. See, it's like we're sitting here. It's like we're, we're zealots trying to talk about the afterlife. We don't know what it's going <laughs> to be like. <you> know, <laughs> We can only speculate. Guild Wars yeah, 2 is the afterlife.
2: There it is.
1: Oh, man. You know what? We'll clear these questions up, right?
2: Uh, news. Uh,
1: watch. Play the thing in our home. How about news? Yes.
2: How about ArenaNet just release some news? Please
1: release news. some news. Well, you know what? They did have very big news today. Plushie. The, the char plushies are back in stock. That was like the big news.
2: We could have week. done it. news. I
1: sat here for four days. Go there working on something.
2: We could have done that it. News news. It would have been char plushies back in the store. Go get them.
1: Yeah, let's do an hour on that. But actually, thanks to ArenaNet
2: for tweeting us today. That was very nice. Oh, yeah. kind of you. That yeah. was very
1: kind. Yeah, thank you, guys. All right,
2: let's do the next question. Uh, Brigham Miles Magnusons. Man, the names we get on this show are just fantastic. I know, right? Brigham Miles Magnusons. <laughs> All right, he asks, uh, what do you think about the game not having any traditional raids, especially considering that raids seem to be the standard for MMO development these days? Really quick. Ruby, why don't you fill me in really quick, just uh, a lot of new viewers out there, probably from Game Breaker, don't know what's going on with Guild Wars 2, maybe not following it. Uh, explain to me, like, this... this You say not having traditional raids, so give me the trade background first for Guild Wars 2.
1: Well, you have five-man dungeons, so that's, I mean, that's your instance right there. Um, I'm going to kind of lean back on one, what one of the devs said recently. He said, we want our entire game to be the end game. It's not, you don't work and level to 80 to go raiding. I mean, it's like raid-level stuff the whole way through, just level-appropriate. So. And see,
2: when you say that, I get all giddy, because like I hate the fact that almost all these other MMOs, you play up until that point, and then the game just changes. It's like, oh, you've played this game for X number of weeks, and now we'll have a new game for you. It's called Raiding, and it's called... Get twenty or forty or a hundred thousand of your friends like and coordinate all this stuff, but 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 I got to say, how are they going to do it? Is is that just like you know PR speak? Hey, we'll just say this. It sounds amazing because it sounds great.
1: What that there's no raids. Or yeah, that we have the whole thing to be endgame. Yeah,
2: the whole the whole game is going to be the endgame. I mean, it sounds awesome, but what does well, it mean?
1: <laughs> well, you come out of character creation. And you run around a little bit, within 10 minutes out of character creation, you're in an epic battle with a huge boss. So, and Okay, I but played how, that. Di- how, different, how different is creators. that than
2: a dynamic event or something in Rift? I did that in Rift, right? Like, I mean, I didn't even get out of the starting area, and I had a huge Rift, and I was, like, you know, fighting a boss mob. Okay, so how different – w- but that, to me, wasn't endgame.
1: No, I'm, I'm trying to think back now. I'm like, man, what was that like? Okay, i got to go back. You know what? I'm going to go – create a character in Rift so I can remember, and I'll be back in like 10 minutes. Um, I don't know. I don't remember. Rift did not leave a giant impression on me. I don't know. Sean, what about you?
0: Yeah, I also didn't play very long. Actually, I don't usually play uh, games until, uh, you know, once you get to that point where you start raiding. That's usually when I make an alt or something, you know.
2: That's what, what, that's what what I'm excited about. Well, what do we know about, you know, Sort of there is no end game, or there is no traditional raid, so what are what is there for the long the player looking for the end game, or is there just nothing to look for at that point like are you just do you have to just not look for whatever the level cap is like say fifty it's just like throw that out of your mind it doesn't matter like, don't race to get to fifty because when you get to fifty it's still just the same game. Is that the point
1: Well, the level cap actually is eighty, not fifty because I know somebody's going to if we don't correct that somebody's going to catch us. Um, but I don't think it's just that it's boring the whole thing. I guess if you had to say something, you would say that the dynamic event system is what has replaced rating. Um, and the dynamic event system, for those who aren't familiar with it, is that you have an actual impact on the world according to your gameplay, and it's not just like a little instance thing. Um, and of course, now I'm like blanking on examples. <laughs> you go to a village. You go to a village, and they're saying, "Hey, this, these, this centaur chieftain and his mob." and his big army are invading our village and we need your help. Um, actually, I'm going to replace that with pirates because that's actually when I played. Uh, this little kid like comes running up to you and says these pirates are invading our village and please come help. And you have to actually get in there and they're setting fire to everything so you're trying to kill pirates and grab buckets and put out fires. If you don't go in there and do it, the village actually is raided and looted and pillaged and burned to the ground and it's gone. I mean that's so I, that's the kind of that's everyday stuff in Guild Wars too, and I think that's what replaces traditional writing. That's
2: everyday stuff, sure. That, that's what I think. I think, and the reason I'm, I'm asking all these questions because I think there's a lot of people out there who who don't know much about Guild Wars, who are this this is new stuff, yeah. right? So it's a little confusing, and it's like, especially like this question asks, I think is is really relevant because. There is such a huge. It's like in the MMO community, especially, we have like you know. It seems like we have like almost three groups of people. We have people that kind of play somewhat casually, don't really race to end game. You know, they might do some light raiding or something, but it's not too serious. You've got this other group of people who you know, the game is end game raiding for them. They just they want to get to the max level, and that's where it mm-hmm. starts for them. And then you've got this other section, of course, is where it's PvPers, and that's the game for them. So yeah. I, I guess from my from my point is like if 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 the type of player that's looking for that end game experience of doing massive groups with their friends, uh, you know, three nights a week or something, what do they have to look forward to? Or are they confused? Like, h- how do they, how do they like kind of wrap their heads around that? What are they going to do when they get to max level? And is there like these mass groups of, uh, of you know, 20 or 40 people that you put together to do a group effort in the game?
1: Well, I don't think, players are going to really enjoy Guild Wars until they get out of that mindset that you get in there and their goal is to grind levels as quickly as possible to get to endgame and get to the really good content. Because the really good content is right out of the gate. And I don't feel like it's a concept of... If everything is epic and huge, then nothing is epic and huge because it's every day. Um, because you have little, I mean, there's just little side stuff that you can do. I think everybody that's familiar has heard the thing about uh, you talk to the farmer and save his garden from marauding rabbits that are eating all of his watermelons. I mean, you've got stuff that's little like that, but then you have dynamic events that actually have like giant dragons and like the pillaged the pillaged town. So but uh, I think uh, until uh, they... Go ahead. I think until they get to the con- to this concept and get this through their heads that, okay, I can do raid-style content now. I can do that at level 10. I can do that at level 20, level 25. I think they're going to miss out quite a bit because it just doesn't work like that.
2: Sean, let me ask you because you're playing this other lightsaber game a bit, it seems, and I hate to make comparisons to it, but I'm going to ask... It, can we can we somewhat imagine it to to some form like flashpoints in Star Wars: The Republic where even at a low level you're getting these sort of group? Hi, oh. I'm Dave. Hi, I'm Dave. Here to tell you why you want to play Guild Wars 2. Thanks, I excited. needed that. <laughs> uh, we have another guest on the show. Yeah, Dave. He's gonna <laughs> tell me how to play Guild Wars 2. I hate these the YouTube like uh, playlist. They just start playing <laughs> automatically. Uh, but can we think of it si- kind of like that? Are we gonna like at a certain level sort of get these? Flashpoint-esque scenarios that I'm going to need to group up with two, three, four, five of my friends to go through.
0: Yeah, I imagine we will, and I imagine that um, it's going to start at uh, you know a period in the game's progression where you're not going to have to feel like you know the game starts at level fifty or eighty or whatever. Uh, and I think one one thing that people are going to have a hard time wrapping their heads around is actually something you mentioned earlier, where you know there are different types of goals that each person is going to have for their own endgame. You know, it's going to be uh, somebody wants to craft. Somebody wants to just finish their storyline. Somebody wants to, you know, do five mans all day. Somebody wants to do, you know, there's tons of PvP in the game also. You know, it's world versus world versus world, and, and all this stuff. So I mean, it's going to be kind of your own end game, how you want to make it. And I know a lot of games have said that before. You know, we have uh, a few in recent history that uh, have tried to redefine the end game like this, and it's never really worked out uh so i don't know i think that's kind of, it gets kind of scary when when arena talks about redefining all this stuff sure, it's like sure. well you know we have the stuff that's worked you know sure there might be people bored of it already but it's worked and now you want to completely redesign it this way i, I, I don't know it's 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 a retraining process I think. and
2: and also just how you just described it i think for people is you know what it is too the scary part of it is for a lot of gamers i think is that they're, they're not really telling us anything tangible, like, like except, you know, you can't say, well, there's WVW, so we understand on the PvP side. I get that. For PvPers, there's obviously some high-level endgame stuff that you can keep doing if that's your gig. Um, but I guess for, for other players out there who are used to hearing about, well, there's this dungeon, and there's this dungeon, and I'm going to take down this boss and this boss, and they know that that stuff is really hard content, I think for a lot of them, not hearing about what that is of what they're going to do at that Level, uh, some of them just might have questions in the back of their head, going like, "I want to make sure that there's something there for me to do when I get there, or am I going to get there? or Am I going to be standing around? And maybe I don't want to craft because that that open-endedness almost sounds a bit like well, you can, the way you described it of you can make the end game whatever you want sounds very sandboxy. Sounds almost yeah. like oh, now it's Eve Online, but it's not.
0: It, it's yeah, like a sandbox. Uh, it's like a linear sandbox." or Or a, a sandbox of theme parks, or you know what i mean' it's, it's, it has many different ways to get to that you know to, to, to whatever you want to do, but it's not completely open where you could just do whatever you want
1: actually, you know what I thought of something because someone I just glanced at chat and somebody said they saw something with like a big dragon in the water, and that actually reminded me this is i mean if you have to define raid content that's something that's almost as close as you're going to get. That big dragon in the water is to quaddle the sunless. And that's indicated, I mean, you're just running around the world and you'll get a notice flashing across your screen that says new event nearby. And you can run over. And I actually tried to do this solo during a demo. I just I saw it and I thought, oh, this is cool, I get to fight Tequadl, and I went running over there. There, weren't, there just didn't happen to be any other players. Um, now, in a live setting, you could put out a call in chat and say, hey, you know, Tequadl's up, I need help, everybody get over here. Uh, but it's such enormous, enormous content that there's no way, you can't do it by yourself. I tried.
2: Um, and that's, a, that's it's basically a dynamic event happening out in the open world as you just stumble upon it. So as you're just running around, like these these things just happen, which we're, we're used to in other MMOs where things happen, but now they're just happening on massive scales.
1: Much bigger scale, and that was in the level 40, 45 range. Um, and it's triggered. It's not just random. I mean, it's triggered by a series of events that happen on the server in that area that players cause.
2: What about so its what about dungeons pretty close to raid what about dungeons? do we know anything about dungeons? Are there dungeon crawls
1: uh yeah they are five man dungeons which I actually do not love just because i like i like big groups I like my like eight my twelve um, but the five man dungeons are they are very very impressive you've got a couple of different modes you have to complete it once um I'm afraid i'm going to get this backwards you have to complete it once like in There's a specific goal, and it's almost like a giant Guild Wars 1 mission that you have to go in there and do. But then it's opened into story mode. There's story mode and explorable mode, and I'm afraid I'm getting them backwards. Um, But then you go in that second one, and it's designed to be repeatable, where new corridors open up here and there, uh, new things happen, new monsters come out, and you can explore quite a bit more. And it's harder.
2: Is that... And there are
1: quite a few of those.
2: Is that... Is that, dare I say, is that basically like their raiding? Their dungeon crawls? I mean, like, it's just with a smaller group? It's five?
1: Yeah, it's five. Maybe it's a little raid. Is
2: it's, it's a mini raid. They it take a, a
1: long time.
2: They have mini raids?
1: It's, it's going to be because I was bad at it.
2: It's going to be interesting because I wonder if there's a lot of gamers out there. Actually, you know, this is the perfect time. Leave a comment below. I'd love to know if. Some of these questions kind of confuse the MMO crowd out there, maybe coming from another game or things like that. Do you have these concerns? Are you not concerned about it? What do you think? Like, are you looking towards endgame? Do does it concern you that you don't understand maybe exactly what the endgame may be in Guild Wars 2? I'd like to know. Leave a comment below and tell us what you think. All right, next question. Brian Lim says, hey, Gary, Ruby, and Sean. I was just wondering if you think ArenaNet should have started its marketing campaign later so there would be a constant stream of updates as opposed to waves. I'm asking because since since the long wait after a major update, I've been kind of burned out. Nothing short of an announcement of the release date is going to get me to jump out of my chair in excitement. So should they have waited actually later, do you guys think? I mean, I I think they should just start giving us more information now, please,
1: more, please, news, regular
2: updates, pick a day of the week, just put something out.
1: And, yeah, I actually, I have to completely agree with Brian. I'm just coming off of, like, a huge burnout where I was just like, you know what, I'm not going to care about anything until you give me, just give me something that says I can play this game in my own home. I don't care what the circumstances are. But, I mean, I'm right there with him. But, like Sean was saying, I don't think they could have started it later.
0: Why? No. Why I mean, they they first announced Guild Wars two to make up for the fact that they weren't going to have another chapter. Uh you know, of course they they were having the chapter um, releases, you know, Nightfall and and they went to uh the uh, North and then uh, well, not the North it was after the announcement. But anyway, <laughs> so they at at the point at the time <laughs> people still. were waiting for what was supposed to be Utopia was which was going to be, you know, the next chapter. Mm-hmm. And they said, you know what? We're uh, we're not going to do chapters anymore. We're going to do uh, a sequel, and we haven't really uh, started doing that yet. So it's going to take a while. And it, and it was kind of a bad. I mean, they were in a, a bad situation because they had to announce, you know, that there was wasn't going to be the next chapter, but also, you know, just stick with us. We have a plan. We have something mm-hmm. we're going to do, and it's going to be a lot better. And there's going to be jumping and all that. <laughs> and, uh,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and and here they are. I mean, they were. What was that? 2007 when they announced that. I think it was May 2007. of 2007. Yeah. yeah, and uh, here we are, you know, many years later. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it takes a long time to make an MMO, and I think a lot of people forget that. And, you know, we weren't there at the beginning of, you know, SOTOR when they sat down and said, let's make uh, let's make a Star Wars The Republic game into an MMO. You know, if they would have announced it the day that they had a, 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 you know, a discussion saying that they wanted to make that into an MMO, people would go crazy, but they didn't. They announced it later. When they had the pieces together, and they knew what they were going to do, so Serena so was kind of in a bad situation to announce it so early, uh, but here we are you know we 're almost at the end, so we should be thankful
2: i mean we're, i think we 're all, we're all probably a little bit biased because we 're all like you know crazy we have show about guild wars you know, massively writing about guild wars you know, but what do you think is again i 'm going get i 'm going to get stabbed in the neck from this episode because I keep bringing up Star Wars, but uh, talking about a marketing campaign like the only one that comes to mind right now, which was really interesting is I think before you know, Star Wars, we hadn't seen somebody so aggressively and so early start things like the Friday updates where every Friday, I mean, you know, we did, I don't even know, 70 episodes almost of, of, of the Republic show where we had a Friday update every single Friday with some piece of news. They did it for like, what, like over a year, almost two years or something. Do you think more MMO companies should start doing stuff like that, though? I mean, not and not, not to be biased for Massively or for Game Breaker. Yes, we're biased. Please give us news. We want to do a show. I'm really just prolonging this because we want news. Um, but no, seriously. Like, <laughs> I mean, would it, would it burn you out even more, Ruby, like how you were saying that you're burnt out? Would it burn you out more, or would it be better that you just kind of had something to look forward to every week? Because I feel like there's a nugget of every, they could give you once a week. I mean, there's so much going I like, on.
1: I feel like there should be something. And actually, an interesting point is that Martin Kirstein said recently that they have not started marketing Guild Wars 2. <laughs> so this isn't even like the big hype, which just, I have no idea what they're even, I don't even know what to do with that, <laughs> but he said very clearly that they haven't started marketing. So maybe once they start, technically marketing will get something every Friday or, every, I don't know, Thursday. They seem to really love Thursday updates, but the way they're doing it now almost encourages burnout and I feel like like Sean said they were kind of painted into a corner back in March of 2007 and they're giving us and there's also that effect that they want us to have things they want us to see these things after they're absolutely polished and perfect so you go with nothing and nothing and nothing until you're almost like forget it it's this game is just never going to launch and then they just inundate you with so much stuff you can't even process it
2: right we saw that
1: around go ahead oh yeah well, it just almost feels like a recipe for burnout to me at this point.
2: You think? You think the the, the huge mass waves that we got during like packs and things like that? I mean, it came in 2011. It really came around all the conventions. Mm-hmm. That's we we get these mad. And that, every time it happened was when we were considering even starting up a show, and you know we'd get these massive amounts of news and all these cool videos, and we'd be like, we got to do a show. We've got so much to talk about, and then they just go totally quiet again.
1: Yeah, and then nothing. Right. So, I don't know. I think uh, I can't even say. I think I hope that they'll be on an even keel maybe this year. I mean, once they get into real marketing and real promotion and real gearing up for lunch, that we'll have something like Sotor had on Fridays. I hope so.
2: Yeah, I, th- I think, I mean, they got to start in 2012. I mean, everybody's, I mean, they've they kind of got on record of almost saying it's going to come out in 2012 at some point, right? Who knows? They well, have to. I yeah. guess it does, but it, maybe it doesn't. Who knows? Maybe just ship it when it's done. I don't know. All right, next question. Josh Haggood wants to know, he says what's up with potions when I first heard about Guild Wars 2 from a magazine reveal a while back. They mentioned some sort of cash shop potions. Those potions were supposedly a major deal, a central part of the game, and all players would want to get as many as they could. Have we heard anything about consumables in the in game store? I think that
1: was
0: Al Ads Online.
2: Stop no, I'm that. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a 20? All of a sudden the rumor starts as a $20, you know, uh, what was that? The no. $20, the $20 yeah. uh, resurrection spell.
1: Ouch, that hurt. No, actually, what he's thinking of are energy potions, which were like one of the biggest brouhahas, I think, in Guild Wars 2 development. Um, they had, like, there were several different kinds, like small energy potions. Uh, major energy potions, large heavy energy potions, and energy was a factor in the game, like it is in Guild Wars 2 or Guild Wars 1. Oops, and you could get these various ways. And there was just it ended up just not fitting with what they with what ArenaNet was wanting to do. And I honestly think that player reaction had a ton to do with it, because energy was eliminated from the game as were the energy potions. Ah. So there's your answer to those potions. Those are not a thing anymore.
2: So so what what do we know about Cash Shop?
1: We don't. We don't. Well,
2: what I think
0: (laughs) is we look at what Guild Wars 1 is doing right now. You know, they're selling cosmetic items. They're selling storage slots. They're selling, uh, you know, character slots. They're selling um, plastic surgery, basically, where you could remake your character. Even gender changes, right? I mean... Uh Uh-huh. These are things that they're testing the waters on in Guild Wars 1, so I think they're going to have those in Guild Wars 2. Hmm. But nothing's been confirmed, right?
1: Nothing's been confirmed, but if you look at the history of things, I mean, a lot of what we're seeing in Guild Wars 1 the past couple years are things that we later learned have carried over in some form to Guild Wars 2. Mm -hmm. So it makes sense to me.
2: All right, next question. Chad Oliver uh, says, uh, asks, uh, says, how will skills be gained in the game? How many skill slots will a single character be limited to? And in addition, uh, will we be able to somehow store multiple builds to be changed out in town, or will there re- be a way to respec? So first of all, how how many skills in the game? Is it, or, or, no, how will skills be gained in the game?
1: Well, you get ten. You get ten skills. Five of them are link to your weapon. Those are the five on the left. And then you have like some utility skills and such on the right-hand side of your bar. But you have ten; You can pretty much change them wherever. They also change according to your weapon. If you switch your weapon, you'll look down. Your first five skills are completely different. Um, you can gain skills a couple different ways, and I'm going to cheat and just read directly from my notes here. Uh, weapon skills can be unlocked through killing enemies with a certain weapon, which is a system that I actually love. You get more proficient with this weapon the more you use it, and you learn fancier skills, and you learn better stuff as you use this weapon, which is pretty much how you do it in the real world.
2: Do they just, do they just automatically uh, sort of appear that you've, you've gotten the proficiency at this weapon, and you got a new skill, or do you have to go to trainers? Do we know that?
1: Uh, You can see um, there's like a little box, and I'm trying to figure out the best way to describe this, but you can see there's almost like an indicator of how close you are to unlocking this. It almost looks like a little timer, and it expands as you use this weapon and as you get more proficient with it. So you can kind of see, okay, I'm about three quarters of the way to learning this. I need to hit things with my greatsword more.
2: Sean, do we know anything about uh, about having sort of builds Because uh, spectac- You know, a lot of people, you know, in Guild Wars One, especially like you know, you'd have to build out your deck, so to speak, lock your uh, your your abilities in, and you were kind of stuck with those at least until you were done with the encounter. Correct?
0: Yeah, that's the way Guild Wars One is set up, uh, and actually, they made it. Eventually, they made it to the point where you could save the code to build code, and you could trade codes. And you know, you enter in this code, you copy paste it, and there, there's your build. As long as you have unlocked the skills, of course. Um, in Guild Wars 2, though, it seems like it's going to be like Ruby's saying. It's it's tied to different elements. You know, the the weapon, whatever weapon you have, that'll unlock certain uh, skills. I don't want to say skill bar because, you Uh know, people get crazy when you say that. But the the skills that you have there, plus there's racial skills, there's utility skills, and then there's your your heels. And it also, you know, if you go underwater, it changes all that. Uh, Everything changes. So Uh it's like you have builds almost, but they're dependent on different elements uh, that could be the same if you're playing the same class, the same weapon, same environment, uh, same race. You know, but other than that, uh, they, they're all different, and I like that. I think that's a pretty cool way of doing it.
2: And what about what about respecking? Is that is that really even exist here, or it's pretty much non-existent? It's just how you basically play stuff on your bar.
1: Well, again, that's know. just kind of not how it works. That's what I'm I saying.
2: Mean, it doesn't seem like that's the way it works yeah. at all, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. How does there are just it?
1: too many new factors involved where it, there's just not traditional respecking as you're thinking of it.
2: How so? For somebody who doesn't understand it.
1: Uh, well, if you switch out your weapons, I mean, I guess technically you could call it respecking if you switch out your weapons, and okay, now I'm going to wield, I'm going to go pistol pistol instead of, you know, this great sword and this offhand, um, and as soon as you switch that out, I mean, you could call that respecking, because you give yourself an entirely new skill set. Um, Like Sean said, if you go underwater, I had actually forgotten about that, if you go underwater, there's like a whole new weapon set, and there are specific underwater skills, and things, it adapts to your environment and your weapons that you're wielding, to things that make sense for the environment and what you're holding. So it's, more, about, it's much more fluid. What about and things like think... skill trees or stats?
2: Are you, are you, are you, are you building points into skill trees that, that can need to be respect or anything like that?
0: You mean as far as uh, allocating kind of a point system into a tree?
2: Sure, yes.
0: Yeah, I think, I don't think, Ruby, have they talked about anything like that? I don't think they have. I mean, I think that's something that we see in every single other game.
2: Uh, yeah,
1: there's not a ton that we know about that.
0: Yeah.
2: Okay, there you go. Aaron uh, Brookie wants to know, what do you think Guild Wars Two can offer that games like WoW, SWOTOR, and Rift don't already have, other than no subscription? And do you think it will be enough to hold players' interests for months on end? Now, This is a, this wow. is a big. This is a How big, long is the show? Yeah, seriously. I, I know, like here I... we go. Like I don't know. Let's let's pick one or two and. Go, Sean. I don't know.
0: Ah, uh, boy. Well, I think that that's kind of the point. Is the whole game isn't like Rift and Sotor and, and you know World of Warcraft. It's, it's, uh, it's trying to not be those those games. Um, dynamic events. That's a big one. Yes. Um, the skill bar we just talked about. That's a huge one. You know, it's it's kind of hard for people I, to I, wrap their heads around. I gotta
2: play Devil's Advocate yeah. because i I'm, again. I have heard people say dynamic events are nothing different than rifts. I've heard, I've heard people yeah. say that it looks to me that same thing as a rift what's the difference
0: and public quests in world war or, uh, warhammer right yeah it's that's what a, the fear is you know the fear is usually like well it didn't work for Warhammer you know people thought it would be great because but then you know you stand in a public quest all alone and what are you going to do when you have to kill the big boss you know I think that and scalability is another thing you know rift has always talked about scalability of the rifts. And it's supposed to be the be-all, end-all, but it just doesn't work when you're just by yourself. Uh, so, I mean, I-, I would like to see how Arena Net does, which is essentially Public Quest Version 3. You know, it's a, it's learning from the mistakes of the last two times that developers have tried this and hopefully making something that actually works this time. And, you know, scalability is a big part of that. Uh, I mean, we could do a whole show on this. This is, a, this yeah. is such, a big, <laughs> it's such a big topic. But uh, as far as it being... Something that's going to be different than the other two times. uh, I just I I kind of put my trust in ArenaNet, you know, and and kind of see what they have done with other aspects of the game, and hopefully they make dynamic events that big also because they kind of have to. That's
2: a big part. How about you, Marie? What do you think?
1: I think that dynamic events are what public quests wanted to be. And I'm not saying that, I mean that's not anything against Warhammer, I'm not really ripping on Warhammer there, it's just that the technology and the time and development has changed since then and this is what Public Quest should have been. Uh, the biggest difference to me between, I'm just going to take Rift as a comparison, um, in Rift the game world is something that happens to you. I actually remember my first Rift, I was just doing, I was killing something for a quest, I was killing ten of something. and a rift started. I mean, there was a tear. And I was looking and I had no idea what was going on. I was just, something's, something's happened. Oh crap, this is a rift. I mean, this is not... This was just something that happened as I was standing there passively. And I could choose to participate in it. In Guild Wars 2, it's completely the other way around. You're actually in there and you are something happening to the world. You have the control and you have the choice to make things happen or, not make them happen, as as the case may be. If you don't feel like participating in, you know, if you feel like telling this kid to leave you alone when she runs up to you and says that pirates are burning down her village, you can choose to tell her to go away. Sure, but you could you, and, could,
2: you could choose to if you were in Rift and there was a Rift to tear there, you could choose to just kind of like go around it and not engage in the Rift. And you could say the same for, like, you know, if I come across that dragon, like, coming out of the uh, the ocean there. I mean, I could choose probably to just turn around and not do that right now. So I admit that they're they're way cooler. I'm just I'm – again, I'm asking the questions. As I'm trying to play Devil's Advocates for people who don't understand no, no, it to, to try and, like, figure it out. Because I, I know a lot of people look at it and just go, oh, what's the difference, that dragon or a well, rift? What's the difference?
0: The thing is, like, with Rift, if you don't do that rift or you don't participate in the invasion that's going on uh, – they're just going to stand around, you know. The, if you, the yeah. rift, the the NPCs and the enemies will stand around, circling each other in the rift and not really do anything. In Guild Wars 2, it seems like they will take over that village, and that village will now be run by pirates. Well,
2: I mean, know, that's, not, that's not. Rift did have that. Rift did have zone invasions and had had NPCs, yeah. you know, running across the entire zone and taking over your towns, killing your quest givers. I'd I'd come back and roll yeah. up on where I was supposed to turn in a quest, and oh, they're dead. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think uh, I think that that's kind of the part that they're taking from. It's not. I mean, you know, we have to differentiate between rifts and and uh, you know invasions, which is a rift show, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but I think that they're taking that invasion part. They're not so much the rift part. They're taking the invasion part, and they're uh, you know kind of going off of that, and maybe even going on a larger scale. I mean, here I go. I'm Ruby. You might want to cover your ears. Uh, in Tabula Rasa...
1: <laughs>
0: I love Guild <laughs> uh, they, they had that. The bane would come down. They would t- take over cities, and you you know, and that's that's when I see this. What Guild Wars 2 is going to do, it's like that. You know, it's kind of like that, except on a bigger scale, and and kind of more story driven. It seems like
2: it's going to be interesting. I can't wait to see how they do it. There's a lot of questions. And I, like again, I'm believe me, I'm only playing Devil's Advocate. And I, I'm I'm so yeah. looking forward to see how they're doing. One one thing I can say, and this is kind of just a. Again, I think you kind of said the same thing, sort of, Sean, with it. you're putting your, your faith in ArenaNet. And I'm kind of doing the same thing only because they've already sort of set the bar of, like, they set the philosophy sort of behind the tone of ArenaNet from the first uh, Guild Wars that they really do set out to kind of do things differently. So that's what I'm sort of hoping. That, like, everything that they're actually saying, some of it might be really nebulous and hard to understand. And, oh, that sounds great. That's a great statement. And, but what does it really mean? We just got to hope that they back it up. And from what they did on the first Guild Wars, it seems like that's, that's their driving force. I mean, that's sort of what makes ArenaNet different from other MMO companies out there, doesn't it? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I mean, exactly. even if you look at what Guild Wars 1 did as far as uh, grouping, you know, a lot of people say it's not an MMO because there's not a persistent world, but you you, you basically go to hubs, gather up and then go out and do uh, and do quests and you know, it's like Diablo 2 and actually the guys who worked on it worked on Diablo as well. But uh, that now is has become so popular, you know. Look at all the MOBAs that are out there essentially doing kind of the same thing. You know, Guilders there's Guild Wars. They kind of I don't want to say they started it, but they, you know, popularized it, I guess. Uh, so th- they are on the right track. You know, they have some great ideas. They know th- what people want, what they don't want, and how to kind of, you know, bridge that gap. Uh, so, yeah, and, and uh, you know, I, I know I sound like a complete fanboy, but um, I'll take Yay. that. You'll I, take I'm that. Kind of
2: take it like a man. Take it like a man. <laughs> All right, and last up, uh, this question that we've got, gajillion times... <laughs> Sam Vandermortelli wants to know what classes we are going to play. So, Um, Ruby, I'll start with you.
1: Elementals, then Engineer. After that, I don't know. Sean? I love it.
2: Well, uh, let's start
0: at the beginning. Okay, Uh, Mesmer, (laughs) right, first. Uh, Necromancer, I definitely want to do Engineer and Thief. Somewhere in there, they could be interchangeable. All right, just everyone. Uh, Are right,
2: you just gonna name every class, aren't you? Right now, you're just yeah. I think, basically. Well, you're basically just to be nothing. fair, I think right,
0: Guardian let's... will be last. Gotcha. But I'll play. Yeah, Guardian. the
1: Guardian doesn't do it for me either.
2: Yeah. I'm probably gonna do Elementalist and Rogue. They, i yes. a uh, no, Thief. Sorry, they kind of look the two. Uh, they kind of look. I think Elementalist is probably my first ones. So that's where I'm going with it.
1: Sean Schuster, good taste.
2: Go to massively.com. EIC editor in chief, Pro Beard. Pro Slayer. Go to MassiveMassiveMassive.com. Good to see you back again, buddy.
0: <laughs> Thanks. Good to be here.
2: And Ruby, follow her on the Twitter at R-U-B-I underscore. Don't forget the underscore. Very important. At Ruby underscore. Of course, go over to check out Ruby on Massive as well. And you can follow me on Twitter at Gary Gannon and come over to watch the uh, live show of Guildcast. We do the show live every single Thursday right here on GameBreaker.tv at 6PST. Come over, hang out. Got lots of good stuff in 2012 coming. New website, all kinds of stuff. It's going to be crazy. Crazy amount of stuff coming. Can't wait to show it to you guys. Uh, have a great weekend. Happy New Year to you all. And ArenaNik, give us some news. Or more, or more viewer questions. I love your questions, though. They're fantastic. Have a great week, guys. See you next week.